Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? Back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. It's been a minute since I have been on the broadcast, actually. Uh, Dweez has been holding it down the last week. Bobby's been doing a few episodes. Uh, Lucas has been on hiatus a little bit this spring, coming back in with the team here shortly after the NFL draft. And I have also uh, been doing um, other things uh, in prep to the NFL draft as well. But the wait is over, and I'm very, very excited to be back with you for a series of episodes. We have a special guest in today, one of my great friends in the industry, the sports world, the fantasy football world. He and I now co-host the Ryan D. Leaf Show with the one and only Ryan Leaf. Without any further ado, Jonathan Rifkin, my guest today for a number of episodes here, breaking down the incoming rookie prospects, quarterback to tight end, a quick mock draft at the end of this, a series of episodes today. We are breaking down the quarterbacks on episode 380 of the TCK pod. Jonathan, real stoked to have you in for year three of this adventure, man. Thanks for coming back on. I look forward to it every year. I um, As I go through my usual progressions over the college football season and I get acquainted with the different players, I always keep it in the back of my mind that I'm really working towards this podcast. I need to make sure that I'm <laughs> on my game, that I'm expanding my girth, my yeah, my girth of knowledge, and I don't have a dearth when uh, when the end of April rolls around and we're ready to go for some draft coverage. So looking forward to it since 365 days ago, Sky. I love it, man. We've we've done this the last two years, uh, and you know, quickly the reason I bring you on specifically for this, um, you and I go back. A few years, we've we've worked in the industry. Um, like I said, we we do co-host a, a show with Ryan Leaf Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from twelve thirty to one thirty Pacific time. You can find us on YouTube, Ryan D Leaf Show on YouTube, and uh, RDL Show on all social medias. Check us out um, live sports talk radio uh, style with a YouTube and a podcast to follow with Ryan Leaf, uh, former NFL quarterback, of course. Um, but Jonathan, we've done a few other things as well, and I like to bring you on for the rookie preview to the NFL draft because you have an interesting perspective that, frankly, I don't know anybody else in the industry that has the particular perspective that you have working at the high school level, working with college athletes as well, calling games and working alongside as a broadcaster, uh, but seeing these kids grow up from high school into the college game and eventually developing into NFL prospects and eventually pros, you literally see some of these kids for four, five, six years from, you know, JV varsity high school through college into professional football. So can you kind of quickly just let us know what exactly it is that you do? You wear many hats. But what do you do in, in the in the scheme of high school to college and then seeing these guys up into uh, the professional ranks? I mean, it's cool. Uh, it, first of all, it's inspiring because, you know, one of the things we talk about on, on the show we co-host together, shout out RDL, is sort of how fans and even media at times get lost in what's in front of them, right? Judging players, judging um, – like judging players based on the current performance without recognizing the grind, the hustle that it takes to get to where they are, even before the professional level, right? Even before college, sometimes even before high school, right? I'm, I'm not saying I really like this fad, but there are kids who are committing to high schools now in middle school, right? Like this is becoming 
a grind from sixth grade on. I mean, heck, some kids start in fourth grade, right? Like, there is a really, there's a youthful grind that goes into this that is overlooked when it comes to the professional game, right? And I get to start at the beginning. My coverage begins at the very onset of when these kids begin their journey as athletes. First, they're student athletes, God willing, that continues. And some of them become professional athletes. And it's really special to see, recognize the grind, watch the progressions, you know, interview a kid who's a senior, who's a five-star cornerback, goes to a power five school um, and excels, or even a kid who's a two-star, who's a walk-on at another school and seeing them ball out in college um, for whatever sport that they end up being in. So there, it, it sort of goes both ways. It's really special. Um, and there are a bunch of guys in the NBA more so than any other sport that I have had the pleasure of calling, interviewing, seeing both in high school and in college, um, and just having the recognition to uh, understand how the game, all these sports are developed, right? And that's why I feel like my insight is important, um, especially for a conversation that we're about to have, right, with the draft. What are you looking for? You know, what are some of the underlying fundamentals since these guys use that have been observed that maybe red flags or even positives um, for teams to look at. So there's a lot that goes into this, the nuances. Um, and, and I think I bring a lot to the table with, with my experience in that. Couldn't agree more. And I'm always very impressed with your breadth of knowledge. Uh, you mentioned in basketball, of course, we talk fantasy football on this show, but um, with Ryan Leaf's show, we we talk all sports and your breadth of knowledge at the college ranks, baseball as well. Uh, you cover softball also, volleyball. I mean, you're all over the place. And uh, that breadth of knowledge in, in multiple sports, I think, is very important for the perspectives. And as you mentioned, you you talk to a lot of these um, these athletes growing up through the ranks. So by the time they get to the pro level, you have really seen them develop uh, literally from young men and women into the professional ranks through college. Um, you've worked very closely in the Pac-12 specifically over the years as well. So a lot of those athletes you're a little bit more accustomed to also. So always excited for this episode, man. We have a lot of fun together and I'm excited to get you back on the program. Again, we're doing a series of multiple episodes for this. On this episode, we're talking incoming rookie quarterbacks. So my man, Jonathan Rifkin, you can find him on Twitter at Jonathan Rifkin, his name. Great follow there. And again, you can find us both on the RDL show, Ryan D. Leaf show, live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time via YouTube. Go check that out. Give Ryan personally a follow and the RDL show a follow as well on Twitter and Instagram. All right, Jonathan, we've got a handful of names to cover, man. Let's get into this. So what we are going to do is we're going to go through the rookie quarterback profiles. And really, we're just going to discuss some of these some of these top names heading into the NFL draft, kicking off next week. A lot of these names people are very familiar with, obviously, pro days and and uh, some, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, we've been following since middle school, it feels like. So some of these guys we're going to absolutely be accustomed to hearing from however there's some deeper names here that i really want to focus on because again we're going to have an overall perspective on on uh these uh prospects and what they mean at the professional level but we're also talking fantasy and in fantasy we're also talking deeper dynasty rosters two quarterback leagues and sometimes you need to look at like a deep quarterback option like um you know Jalen Hurts, for example, was not on the radar. Justin Herbert wasn't even drafted in most leagues last year for fantasy. Terod Taylor goes down, Herbert comes in, the rest is history. So it's important for us to know about some of these deeper names that will most likely get drafted. And the reality is if you're not at the top of the draft, you're at the bottom of the draft, 
in order that might actually help you because now you're turning on to better teams perhaps. And even if you're a backup or third string coming into the year, we see it every single season. Quarterbacks go down and it's unfortunate, but a guy like Dak Prescott goes down. You have the other guys you never thought would have a chance all of a sudden uh, running these teams. So there might be some rookie opportunity here that we want to keep an eye on as well. So Jonathan, let's start up at the top here. Pretty much the consensus unanimous. I do know that Chris Sims is is the only one that I know uh, that has Trevor Lawrence not number one. And his case is actually very interesting. I don't necessarily agree with it personally, but I think it's very interesting, his case. But let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Otherwise, the unanimous number one up at the top. Clemson comes out as a junior, three-year starter, obviously. National champion is a true freshman, 6'6", 220. Um, absolute stud all around. I'll let you just put a couple points. I mean, there's nothing we're going to say that nobody else has said about Trevor Lawrence, but I'll kick it to you first and add anything after that. So first off the board here, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. Transcendent talent. Um, I mean, the dude's been part of the Jags program for what feels like a month and a half or like once Urban Meyer was hired, it was like, all right, what's up, Rob? Happy to see you here on a, what are we, Thursday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Um, He's been a he's already been a part of the program, right? As soon as Urban Meyer was hired on, as soon as the the coordinating staff, the quality control staff, the front office was put together, it's like, all right, let's get Trevor, Trevor Lawrence ready to go. Because again, we talk about this all the time. The draft day itself is is a facade, right? It's a money making, uh, funneling machine, if you will. But what what really matters is you know in March when you're able to offer contracts to these kids, and I think that that's the benefit here for Trevor Lawrence and for the Jaguars and we'll see how it pans out. But I don't think like, unless, unless the Jaguars are pressured into taking Lawrence and they know something that everybody else doesn't know, right? You have Jacksonville fans with flags and with banners saying, you know, welcome to Jacksonville, Trevor. Like at this point, if you're Jacksonville, you maybe two months ago, you couldn't back out of drafting Lawrence. So unless there's something that we don't know, this, the guy's going to be taken number one. There's no reason that he shouldn't be taken number one based on everything that we've been given from the people closest to the source. Um, and I think he's going to be, I don't know, probably he's going to be in the conversation with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert as the best young quarterback. Um, obviously, Kyler Murray's in that conversation. Like we can go through the, like some of the older but younger quarterbacks as well if we want, but Trevor Lawrence will be in that conversation um, once he begins his NFL career. Absolutely. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, we always, there's always the top prospect, but not everybody comes to fruition, obviously. Now, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a cut above the other top draft picks the last couple of years, the Baker Mayfields, the Kyler Murrays, and so forth. Um, however, you just never know. Situation, we talk about this all the time on, on the TCK pod here. Situation is paramount when you talk about incoming rookies at any position, specifically quarterbacks. Now you have Urban Meyer, who's a first-time NFL coach. We know his pedigree in, in college. Um, Florida, Ohio State, absolutely phenomenal clubs. But the pros is different. The Jaguars have been, outside of 2017 and 1996, the Jaguars have not been a team anybody's excited to be at or playing for. And this kid has a lot of pressure on him to turn around a franchise who went from the AFC Championship to the laughing stock of the league in just two years. So I agree he's the number one prospect, but prospect means before everything happens. We'll see if he's actually the best talent in two or three years after this. 
because of where he lands and what the rest of that league looks like. So in regards to fantasy, he's he's probably not my number one quarterback off the board because I don't like him in the Jaguars system in year one. I like a guy, if, if Justin Fields or whoever falls with the Niners, basically, I'm more interested in them for fantasy than Trevor Lawrence in year one. Dynasty is different, but redraft, I'm probably going to lean toward the Niners because, because of the scheme. Assets that the, yeah, because of the Absolutely. scheme he provides. You don't think that Jacksonville around Lawrence is going to provide fantasy value that's going to help Lawrence? I, I think there's fantasy value, absolutely. I mean, DJ Chark's great. I love LaVisca Chanel. Marvin Jones has been underrated his whole career. Um, I actually really like James Robinson. They're going to bring in extra help. They might bring in a, a nice tight end like Friar Muth or somebody else. So – they're going to have weapons, and I actually do trust Urban Meyer long-term, but new head coach, new scheme, terrible team overall, bad defense, and a rookie quarterback, I just don't know. However, we did see Joe, uh, Joe Burrow do fantastic before he, before he went down. We saw Justin Herbert light up the league, and we saw Jalen Hurts play pretty well in three or four games last year as well. So I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying that I'm not automatic Trevor Lawrence in fantasy – because it's about the landing spot more than the player, more often than not. A couple quick hitters on Trevor Lawrence, and we'll move on here. 108 touchdowns and just 17 interceptions in three years at Clemson. He's the best prospect, but again, my question is, is he going to be the long, the best quarterback long-term in the NFL draft? So Trevor Lawrence, the unanimous consensus number one pick, most likely going to the Jaguars. We've talked about this on the RDL show, you and I and Ryan that he's probably had the playbook for the last month. Joe Burrow came out after the draft last year that he had the Cincinnati Bengals playbook three weeks before he got drafted on on video. And Jonathan, you opened up with something that I think is very important for people to understand. The NFL draft is the theatrical part of this process. Once the league starts in early March, Trevor Lawrence probably got a phone call March 17th, 18th, when the league, the 2021 league year started. And they were like, hey, kid, you're on the Jags. He's like, cool, thanks, coach. Don't tell anybody until April later. Yep. And it might have been dealt with. That's it. And now the Jets are on the clock. Well, they look to be lined up with Zach Wilson as well. But, again, we'll see what happens. So let's go to Zach Wilson here. BYU junior, 6'3", 210. Zach Wilson looked really pretty in his pro day. Nobody knew who he was until this season. That scares me a little bit. Um I was excited drinking the Kool-Aid when the Niners moved up because they might be able to get him. I thought it was cool. I'm actually fading that a little bit, even if the Jets pass on him for some reason. Seems to be another foregone conclusion that the Jets are going to go with Zach Wilson, but nobody actually knows until next Thursday. How do you feel about Zach Wilson, who frankly was not on the map overall in the big scheme until this year blew up this season at the right time. So good for him, but kind of a new name um, throughout this class. Yeah. I mean, I knew who he was and I think a lot of, I don't think that people realize that Zach Wilson, even if you didn't know who he was, was impacting the landscape of college football well before this season, right? If you're a college football fan um, and you see, let's go back to 2018, Zach Wilson's a freshman, right? As a freshman, he went to Camp Randall and beat number six, Wisconsin. That is one of the toughest places to play against one of easily the best um, defenses in a historic stadium, in a historic setting on national TV. And freshman Zach Wilson goes and they win by 24-21, right? He, he was able to drive in the last uh, drive up in the last two minutes and, and set his team up for a field goal to win that game. Like that put, that impacted college football that season. 
People may not even realize it. Move on to 2019. Back-to-back wins. BYU, they beat uh, Tennessee on the road in double overtime, and they beat USC the next week. Like, those are two impactful wins. Tennessee was ranked 21st at the time. And, yes, I know they lost to Georgia Southern to open up the season or Georgia State to open up the season. That's neither here nor there. We're talking about Zach Wilson and BYU, right? Like, this is a guy who carved up an SEC defense, who who has played on big stages in, in packed houses on the road. So when people said, oh, this is this kid at BYU, we'll see how he how good he is this year prior to the season actually happening. Well, he's already been playing pretty well. Right, he's just played at BYU. The guy had a one fifty seven QBR as a freshman, man. Like, what more do you need from the kid? That's in nine games, so he's been consistent. His yardage total each each season has just absolutely increased. I mean, he played nine games both in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. He had eight hundred more yards in twenty nineteen than he did in twenty eighteen. So he progresses every season. He's incredibly accurate on the run. Um, he's super dynamic. I. At first, it may it didn't make sense to me why Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, but the truth is, is Zach Wilson has been more successful longer than Justin Fields. Justin Fields may, has been to a national championship, like he's beaten Clemson, he's done all this great stuff that has people looking at him and saying, "Wow, like this guy is really good." But guess what? Zach Wilson was successful for three years. Justin Justin uh, Fields was successful for one, right? And I think the, there's a maturity that comes with you know, and, and humility that comes with consistent success. And that's what Zach Wilson brings to the table. So I think that um, that value is really important to teams. And that's why we see Zach Wilson overall at second. I just don't think he may not be more talented than Justin Fields, but I think that for a guy that you need on the football field um, in a new era of Jets football, I think Zach Wilson may be a better fit on a, from a personality standpoint. First or second in major college football and passing categories in 2020. It was basically him and Mac Jones statistically up at the top there. So that's very impressive. Strong arm, as you mentioned, underrated mobility. 71 touchdowns over three years at BYU. The injury concerns are really my only hesitation with him. He was he was injured um, the last couple of seasons, um, and that that can just be kind of a scare moving forward. Another thing too is like to understand when a when a quarterback scrambles and runs. I'm going to talk about this a lot in this in this quarterback class because almost every quarterback on here, except for Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, uh, some of these other quarterbacks are very stationary. Everybody else has some form of mobility now because that is the modern day quarterback. But there's a difference between a quarterback that runs, you know, erratically, uh, like Michael Vick used to do where he, he was absolutely dynamic, but when he got hit, he got hit, and that's a problem. Cam Newton is an absolute truck, but when he gets hit, he takes the hits. He's broken all of his ribs, his collarbone. He's sat out multiple games now because of injuries when he gets hit, whereas a Russell Wilson, who's much smaller than those guys, he, ta- he does the baseball slide. He gets out of the way. He runs out of bounds. He's more cognizant with his body overall. Zach Wilson, I think, is a little bit of a, of a wild card with that part of his game. When I was watching early film, I drew right to Steve Young, and then it just so happened that they both went to BYU. But the run game and the throwing ability for Zach Wilson, I like a lot. Um, and we'll see. I, he's really, over the last two months, come out of nowhere, in my opinion, in this draft class to spike to number two and basically just sit there. Like it's Lawrence and Wilson pretty much across the board for the most people that you talk to. Now, of course, we're not NFL execs but that seems to be 
the word on the street. So we'll see what happens there with the uh, Jaguars and the Jets <clears throat> up at the top. Rob had a question. Uh, Rob will get to it in a little bit, but in three years, who will be the best pick in this year's draft class? I am going to cover that, but um, at the end of this episode, Rob. I don't, but think, I don't think that to be just sorry to cut you off your sky. Yes. I think that he was saying we were talking about like a long term, like a long term context for some of these guys. And I think he's saying, I don't care about what happens in three years. Who's going to be the best pick in this year's draft? I think that's, that's what he's responding to. Okay, fair enough. Either way, like I said up at the top with Trevor Lawrence, it's <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens, right? I mean, a lot of people were rooting for Josh Rosen. He's barely even played, right? Lamar Jackson was was picked at the end of the first round. Jo you know, Josh Allen was kind of this and we'll see, you know, almost the B word as we call it on RDL first two seasons and now he comes back and he's the best quarterback in the NFL in year three. So we'll see how it develops there. Okay, man, let's move on to number three here. We're going to go with Justin Fields, Ohio state, six, three, two six touchdowns versus Clemson in the semifinal game. We know that great mobility, strong arm, accurate, durable. Uh, you mentioned one great season from Justin Fields, but in my opinion has all the tools to be very successful in multiple schemes to the next level. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, his size, you just, you talked about how Zach Wilson may be somewhat susceptible to injury for getting hit in the quarterback position, right? Justin Fields is the same way. They're both 6'3". Fields is a little bit bigger, um, about 20 pounds on Wilson. And I think that that strength uh, makes him quite an asset, but he's, he's injury prone. We've seen him get pummeled around at Ohio State. We saw it, honestly, in high school. I think he suffered a pretty bad injury his junior year of high school. Um, obviously he's bounced back and I'll, look at the end of the day, I think the injury concern conversation for rookies, like all of these guys are prone to injury when they enter the NFL, right? Like they're going against the best of the best every single week. Like you can't expect them to just be physically, like to be physically able every single like week in a week out in a new situation. So I think the injury conversation is sort of a non-starter, um, but Justin Fields, like we were to make that a factor, this would be a factor for Justin Fields. With that being said, um, I think that he he has the potential to probably be the best quarterback in this draft. I think that he has the highest bust potential too. Like he could be like another Ohio State quarterbacks, right? Cordero Patterson, um, not Cordero Patterson. What's his name? Cord Cordell Jones. Cordero Jones. Thank you. Um, right, highly touted quarterback coming out of Ohio State. JT Barrett obviously moved to wide receiver, but we never really saw him at the next level. Like the the list goes on and on from Ohio Terrell State. Pryor. <laughs> Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor is the perfect example. Now I don't think we're going to see Justin Fields in a slot position anytime soon. But Similar skill think, set, though, right? I mean, a, a runner, big arm, yeah, absolutely right. And that's and that's sort of the expectation with Fields. Now, um, all of those guys that we just mentioned had high ceilings coming out of college but so do all of these guys you can go down to the very bottom of the list here sky brady davis right illinois state fcs quarterback who's supposed to be potential like late third day pick but his ceiling is high because he he's a potential nfl player right and your ceiling has to be high to even have a shot at the nfl because why is the team going to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars on a minimum and give you a signing bonus if they don't think that you are going to have some sort of residual value to them over the course of your career. And so Justin Fields, to this example, this is a guy who I think could get a signing bonus closer to what Lawrence is getting. Um, I think that he will be more valuable as a rookie than Zach Wilson. 
I also think that he's going to be in a better situation if San Francisco does pull the trigger in that three spot and take fields. I know that you, that's what you want. Um, <laughs> that is what I want. Look, he could, I could see him go. This will be an interesting conversation when we get to Mac Jones because right picking behind San Francisco is Atlanta. And I also think Justin Fields could go to Atlanta. Now, does that I just don't back? think he's going to last that long. I, it's a good well, fit. Uh, but I think I think he's top three. I, I just think that'll happen. I agree. I think that we'll see Fields go. I'm just throwing hypotheticals out there for Devils Advocate perspective or uh, sake. But I do agree. I think Justin Fields goes three to San Francisco. Um, his ceiling is higher than Wilson's. It's probably somewhere closer to Lawrence's, to be honest with you. But I think currently, like Zach Wilson, is is a better prospect as of right now where we all sit um just because like i said he has longer uh he's longer tape and he's had more success as a collegiate quarterback justin fields has one season at ohio state it was a phenomenal season but it was one season right and and in sports people peak at different times i'm not saying that justin fields has peaked but i'm just saying that we can't just give him the it's benefit fair. of the doubt after what we saw over the course of an eight game you know shortened season it's absolutely fair, and you know I don't want to compare him to Dwayne Haskins. He's not totally different. That's quarterback. Dwayne Haskins. Quarter, totally different quarterbacks, but Dwayne Haskins threw fifty touchdowns his last year at Ohio State. Fifty touchdowns, but that has not translated to the NFL at all. Um, Drew Locke is another good comp. He threw fifty-six touchdowns coming out of Missouri. <laughs> Set there you go. There you go. So um, again, placement, placement, placement. The good news for Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or even Mac Jones, whoever goes to the 49ers at number three, they're immediately on a not only a playoff team, but an NFC championship contender. And we just saw two years ago before all the injuries, they were in the Super Bowl. There's no reason to think if one of these rookie quarterbacks slash Jimmy Garoppolo, if he sticks around, pans out, the yeah. Niners stay healthy. There's no reason to say they won't contend for the uh, Super Bowl again. However, I cannot say that immediately for the Jaguars, for the Jets, for the Dolphins, for the Falcons, for these other teams up here at the top. So that number three pick, not only for the 49ers for longevity, but trying to solve, frankly, I think a quarterback conundrum that we had a, a quick blip of Jimmy in 2017 or 2018. We had a quick blip of Colin Kaepernick. But other yeah. than that, it's been really rough since even Ryan Jeff Garcia. Steve Young, sure. I mean, yeah, we can list one of the 39 yeah. quarterbacks that the Niners have tried Nathan over the last two decades. But what I'm saying is Steve Young, Jeff Garcia, space, 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 a little bit of Colin Kaepernick, a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo. They're hoping this guy, whoever it is, falls in for 10 or 15 years and immediately jumps into a playoff opportunity. Do you want me to wait until the end to give my fantasy value assigned to these guys, or can I do Zach Wilson, Justin Fields valuation on fantasy right now? Let's do it as we go, and then uh, and then I'm going to give a shout out to Jersey Jungle. So yeah, catch us up, and um, yeah, Lawrence Wilson Fields, give me some fantasy nuggets. So this is the MLB or the MLB, the NFL draft. Wow, so many sports. It's this is a crazy year. Um, I think that in the NFL draft. We're going to see Lawrence Wilson Fields. However, I think in fantasy, Fields should probably take in ahead of Wilson. Um, 100% agree. If you go He's, to the 49ers. Fields slash Trey Lance, if they end up, and probably even Zach Wilson, if they end up on the Niners, that's my number one 
single quarterback whoever, whoever, whoever rookie. Ends up on the Niners take over whoever ends up on the Jets. I I, I think that's yeah. the best way of putting it because and I'm going to put them ahead of Lawrence this year. Dynasty probably not single quarterback redraft uh, though. I'm telling hey, I'm telling you right now. Was a topic like six or seven quarterback before he got injured last year in fantasy and he has a similar he was in a similar situation to what Lawrence is going to be. This, this quarterbacks man Remember who you pay. Like these quarterbacks yep. make a difference in fantasy to their team. I don't. I don't disagree. I just think what Shanahan does, what the Niners are able to do, so le- so much less pressure on that 49er quarterback. Now, first of all, there's a whole other conversation too. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo plays and starts, and this conversation is null and void. It's not even a conversation. Matter. Yeah, it's not even a conversation. Matter. But let me let me quickly just give my reasoning for the 49ers QB insert whomever you want here. Wilson Fields Lance. Jones um, versus the Jets, and it's simply offensive line based. I think obviously the wide receiving core. I think the grouping, and obviously George Kittle. Like if I'm a quarterback, if I'm a young quarterback, I want George Kittle on my team. I want Travis Kelsey on my team. Like I want the transcendent tight end. But George Kittle is also the best blocking tight end in the NFL. So to have a guy who you can rely on to both be a pass catcher but also protect you on the on the weak side or the strong side depending on where he lines up like that's huge for a rookie um the other thing too is i mean sam darnold was sacked 38 times last year he was sacked 94 times over three years in new york that's awful you really want your quarterback in fantasy to get be chased around in zach wilson or justin fields or trey lance or mac jones if those are the guys that are in new york i don't think so so and the long-term investment here too sky like Shanahan, like you just said, like this team was a Super Bowl contending team two years ago. They they don't really rebuild in 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 San Francisco. They sort of, um, they they what is it? Just patch holes. Yeah, I mean that's really what it is, right? Like they have a hole, they go and they fill, and they're 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 competitive again. New in, York in college, in college, you would like Alabama, you would just call it reloading. Yeah, they're just reloading. Perfect. Right? Not rebuilding, they're reloading. And New York, like New York, is a long-term investment um and in fantasy you're looking to win this week you don't and in dynasty like maybe if you absolutely have to but even like guys that are going to start this year even in dynasty i would take over um because if they're going to start this year unless they're pat mahomes they're probably going to be good next year too so in dynasty regardless you're getting a good value for your guy so um that's my case for a 49er versus a jet Let's not forget Patrick Mahomes played one game that didn't matter his rookie year as well. So we'll keep it there. All right, man, let's take a quick break. We're going to give a shout out to our friends at the Jersey Jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening to the podcast for quite a while, you know how much we love the Jersey Jungle here on the TCK pod. The Jersey Jungle, you can find them on Instagram. That's where they like to be found specifically. Reach out to the Jersey Jungle at the Jersey Jungle the jersey jungle on instagram to order game authentic jerseys in any sport you want an nfl jersey college football jersey mlb is underway now the nba is coming to the end in the next month we've got the playoffs coming around the nhl as well world soccer they have um you can get uh custom jerseys done as well throwback jerseys also um we have a great uh loyal follower shouts out to our girl megan across the pond in the uk uh she actually put in an order for a handful of custom jerseys from the jersey jungle i've got my sweet uh justin herbert jersey that baby blue 
Chargers jersey uh, from the Jersey Jungle. It's clean, fits fantastically. These are stitch and twill jerseys, so they are high quality. They are not uh, that pressed on that rubs off in the dryer. Great jerseys. Use the code TCK. TCK promo code for 10% off of one jersey, 10% off of two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. Just let them know that Sky sent you. Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle, the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Use the promo code TCK for 10 to 15% off of your authentic sports jerseys of any kind. All right, Jonathan, let's jump back in here to our rookie quarterback profiles. We have gone through Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. We have two more at the top, Trey Lance and Mac Jones, who are really the, the big five, if you will. Then after that, we have a mishmash of quarterbacks. Some people love, some people aren't necessarily as high on, so we'll get through those in a bit. But let's start first with our fourth quarterback and get into Trey Lance here. North Dakota State played one game in 2020, incredible season in 2019, 6'4", 226. Again, fantastic season, 42 touchdowns to just one interception. He played with FCS competition, and I know that that is definitely a thing we need to talk about. Similar skill set to Justin, not as fast, but he's bigger. He's he's uh, a great runner as well, um, but much more raw. Ton of potential, but may not be ready to start right away. The landing spot is paramount for all these quarterbacks, but especially Trey Lance, in my opinion. I love him to potentially the Falcons or to the Broncos or to the Panthers if they're not done with Sam Darnold to have some competition and fight for a job and learn the pro scheme before he actually takes the reins for a franchise. I think that's just better for him. Reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick when he came out. I like Trey Lance a lot. I'm just not sure if I'm an NFL GM, I'm drafting him to be my day one starter in the NFL. No, I don't think you are. I sort of see him how we saw Jordan Love last year um, out of Utah State. Remember, Jordan Love was this guy with the cannon of, still is a with the cannon of an arm. Um, Utah State didn't play the best defenses. Their strength of schedule his his last year, where he really you know made a, a statement, was put on the map, uh, and that was the big question. So he ended up going to a team where he stashed behind Aaron Rodgers. He's just quarterback and waiting and I think that that's a good situation for a guy like Jordan Love because he's learning from a professional I know that there were reports of a rocky relationship to begin between the two I have no idea if that's true I have no idea if they've smoothed it out since then I think it's all hyperbole um I'm sure that they have a great relationship or a semblance of a relationship um and and that's the situation I think we're going to see Trey Lance and this is why you know he's really talented but he's super raw and that's the thing is you go he's an athlete that needs to be made into an NFL football player. He was an athlete who was made into a, a college quarterback. And because of his just raw talent, he's going to excel. He's he's definitely an NFL, like a value of an NFL player. He just doesn't have the consistency um, of the skill set yet to really make, to convince me at least that this guy is going to be a starter this year or even next year. Um, I, I have him in the same conversation as Mac Jones as a guy who I think is going to get drafted by a team with an existing starting quarterback because they're going to want to stash him. Um, but I also could see a team like Denver swapping picks with Detroit maybe in the top 10 
um, and taking a shot because what you can do is look, you have, you have drew lock already. All right. Maybe if you light a fire under this guy and you coach him up, he's going to lock in. And then you have a really good quarterback back battle going on your hands. Can you trade the guy that doesn't end up starting? Sure. Could you, you know, have a add a little bit more depth in the other case? Absolutely. So um, I think that Trey Lance provides an intriguing pick for most teams. Um, like I said, to light a fire other under his butt or the uh, starting quarterbacks, but if there's a competition, but really a guy that you want as a long-term investment to stash away and learn um, from your existing starting quarterback, I think. I agree. And Trey Lance was um, did have a second pro day. And I thought that was interesting. We talked about it on the RDL show with Ryan, uh, Ryan Leaf. And, you know, obviously he was coming up in a, in a much different era. Um, but he's not sure that pro days really matter that much, A, and B, a second one. What can that do other than hurt you? And I made not even the argument, just the statement that I think that for a quarterback like Trey Lance, specific, look, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan said, shouldn't have even worked out. I agree and disagree, but Trevor Lawrence has been dealt with for three years. Zach Wilson, these guys need a pro day. A second one benefits a guy like Trey Lance, in my opinion, the most because it's really proving a second time that he can make the throws. He is athletic. He is able to make all of the uh, adjustments that they're looking for and expecting him to make. But again, it comes from a smaller school in a smaller market. Yes, North Dakota State absolutely dominates their conference forever. Uh, they have a nice pedigree with, with uh, Carson Wentz a few years ago coming through as well. Um, national championships every single season. It could be an Easton Stick situation. That's the scary thing, too. Okay, Easton Stick, exactly. Came out not as much hype, clearly, as Justin or as uh, Trey Lance last year, but gets drafted. He's now behind Justin Herbert. And as we've seen, Most Easton Stick's not playing unless yeah. Herbert gets hurt period. And look, Easton Sick might be awesome. He was great at North Dakota State, but Herbert is bona fide NFL awesome and also young, and he's just not going to give it up unless he gets injured. So Trey Lance, we'll see. Again, I think Atlanta, you mentioned Denver, even Carolina, even San Francisco, if that's what they decide to do and keep Jimmy, I think that's where he needs to fall to be behind somebody from day out for four, six weeks and see what happens. Cause injuries pop up performances drop. And even if he doesn't start till week 10, he gets all that breath. And I think that's really, really smart in a time now where look, the chargers didn't want to start uh, Justin Herbert. They didn't want Anthony Lynn came out week after week, after week, after week. And was like, Tarod Taylor's our guy. He's our guy. He's our guy. He's our guy. He got hurt. And then Justin took over and should have beat Mahomes in the opening day, which would have ampled his story. But after that, he had a great opportunity to, to explode later. Tua Tungavaloa was back and forth with Ryan Fitzpatrick all season long. And I think even kind of still prematurely coming off a big injury was forced into battle. And Joe Burrow, we saw a freak injury, but not did very well too. So a lot of wild cards. I think Trey Lance, though, is much more less developed than these guys and needs that opportunity to sit behind somebody. Okay, man, let's do the last of the big five here, and then we'll spitball a couple of these deeper names. Mac Jones, Alabama, junior, 6'3", 214, national championship, 77% completion percentage last year at Alabama, far and away the best in the country, smart, able to pre-read defenses, great pocket presence, Played with NFL talent all over the best conference in college football. Played 
for the best team in college football against uh, some of the great pro-ready defenses as well. However, Mac Jones is the first on this list who does not offer the mobility that we know and love in NFL, but especially in fantasy football. Um, Big Ben had a little get up when he was younger. Aaron Rodgers used to run more, right? But guys like Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning uh, never ran the ball. And I don't think Mac Jones is never going to run the ball, but like Tom Brady rarely scrambles. Peyton Manning rarely scrambled. Drew Brees rarely scrambled, but they got it done from the pocket presence. If Mac Jones is that good, which a lot of scouts say that he is professionally ready in that scheme at Alabama, he could pick a part and not have to run and be viable for fantasy football. See great quarterbacks from the pocket. Like uh, I'll throw out a Kirk cousins on a good day but he's not he's not in that top 10 because he doesn't run the ball as much as you think he might want to. So Mac Jones, great prospect. It came out early that the Niners were into him. We'll see if they actually pull the trigger on that. Again, played for the best team in the country. That's really good on paper, but is that going to almost he can only go down from there, correct? I don't know if you can go down. I think that going to the NFL Are you saying from like a a performance relative or- relative competition? Well, relative competition, I mean, look, the SEC is as close to NFL competition on a weekly sure. basis as you're going to get, but it's still not the NFL, right? Like, you're facing the best of the best in the world at every single position each week, um, and he's getting paid millions of dollars to do it. So I, I don't know if it's, I don't, from a, like, an aesthetic and career standpoint, I don't think it's a step down, but from a performance standpoint, it's going to take some time for him to get back to the glory days of the statistical wonder that was the 2020 season in Alabama. But that's every quarterback, right? Like Justin Herbert is probably the only quarterback in recent memory that I could think of who actually elevated their game coming out of college to the NFL, right? Can you, does anybody in the near future come out, right? I really can't, like Kyler had some awesome games, but he was like statistically better at Oklahoma, right? Um, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson could probably be in that conversation. Yeah, he's there. Deshaun Watson is in that conversation. Tom Brady, obviously, but he's he's an anomaly. Drew Brees, but but I mean, every year there are you know x amount of quarterbacks taken. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, and we've named five guys in the last like 20 years, right? 15 years, um, unless you're Tom Brady. So, um, like that's my point is that those players that come in and just elevate their stats after they were already really good in college. Now, obviously, if you were kind of crappy and you're a walk-on or you're just like an undrafted free agent and you sign with a team and you play really well, like that's different. But for quarterbacks who have great seasons to then elevate as a rookie in the NFL is incredibly rare. Mac Jones isn't even going to play as a rookie because he's going to go to a team like New England or Atlanta or Denver, um, and he's going to be stashed behind a starter. And, and he'll probably end up benefiting from that more than starting day one for a team. Cause I think that this guy, like this is the most coachable quarterback in the draft, truthfully. Um, I, and I you, agree with that actually. Exactly. And you put him on a team. And like th- who's the closest guy in the NFL. Who's the closest comp to Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. personality wise, I would say Bill, maybe is a little bit harder around the edges, but like these guys, I don't know. Are, Saban seems pretty rough, but he can't. But he also, has, I mean, they both have this dry, very wry and dry sense of humor. Um, that I do appreciate. I've come to appreciate over the years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just Mac Jones going to New England. I can see them trading up a couple spots, trying to take him top ten because who knows if he if he actually lasts to their existing. I think what they're like thirteen or something. 
Um, uh, I, 15. They're 15, yeah. I don't think – there's no way Mac Jones lasts that long because there are – I mean, teams like the Eagles on the board. Um, who knows, maybe the Panthers want to take him. Like, there are a, a, a plethora of teams – well, I don't know why the Panthers would want to take him. Um, but there are a plethora of teams that could take him in the top 12, maybe 13, um, and New England's going to want him. So, I like Mac Jones. I think that he could be the most – he kind of just reminds me of – like the youth of Andrew Luck. I don't know if he's going to have the career of Andrew Luck, but just a guy who's incredibly talented, incredibly smart, and easily oh, like the coach's favorite player on the team. Um, so we'll see what happens with Mac Jones. Yeah, and and look, I I felt like my take was kind of bashing Mac Jones. I, I'm not <laughs> trying to. I'm not trying to. I just feel like he's such a different quarterback than almost everybody else, certainly the other four we've talked about so far. And Andrew Luck did have a little bit of giddy-up right? He had enough rushing touchdowns in fantasy, but he also threw the ball with the Colts for 600 times a season. If Mac Jones goes to the Patriots, they didn't do that with Brady outside of one or two seasons, right? Like that's just not going to happen depending on where he lands. Another developmental quarterback that would be better for him to land with the team. Like, look, man, I don't think he'll fall this far. I don't think they'll move up to get him, but a team like Pittsburgh where he could sit behind Big Ben and he's basically what Big Ben was 20 years ago. And they just reload with the same quarterback all over again, you know, 20 years uh, more youth. So that kind of makes sense for him. But again, deeper in the first round, you know, Chicago, I think, could make a move. Uh, Washington football team. Some of these teams could could uh, make a move. And they do have veterans ahead of them. Andy Dalton, say what you will about him. But again, 10, 12-year veteran, great for a rookie quarterback. Chicago does have weapons if they can make the use of them and the Washington football team as well behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, we've talked about the big five. We're going to take another break and introduce a new sponsor to the program. I'm very excited about this one. This is a, this is a hot sauce company. I'm going to bring up their logo here, which I love. It's just going to be in your face. Let me throw this up here for you. Bam. Love the bananas. Give Jonathan a quick water break here. Shouts out to our good friends at Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. New sponsor to the TCK pod. They are a brand of banana-based hot sauces founded at the University of of Michigan by four roommates. Their sauce is an absolute must-have for any draft or watch party. We got the NFL draft coming up next week. We have fantasy drafts coming up in the next couple weeks. Put it on nachos, pizza, wings, literally any kind of dip, and I know that you will enhance the boring flavor taste. It's going to be absolutely delicious. They do have two flavors. They have the sweet heat of the chili banana combo, and they also have a spicier muy muy. I'm not so much of a spicy fan personally. I'm more of a flavor guy, so I like the original, but the spicy is absolutely delicious and not too hot to enjoy. We're very excited to have uh, Bomb Banana be a part of the TCK pod. I've known these guys for a little bit here, and um, they have been gracious enough to sponsor the program. So make sure you take advantage of this. Become part of the Bomba Nation, and I know you will enjoy. Head over to their website, seekthespice.com. You can see it on the screen here if you're on youtube seekthespice.com use the promo code tck for 10 percent off of your order when you check out once again use the discount code tck at checkout for 10 percent off and go to seekthespice.com 
com to hit up Bomb Banana. There you go with the two different hot sauces. You have the Muy Muy in the red and the Basic in the white. Very excited to have Bomb Banana on the team. Bring Jonathan back here, man. You're familiar with the Bomb Banana hot sauce, man. What is what is your flavor? Are you a are you a spicy guy? Or are you more of a more of a flavor on food? Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Oh, sorry. Did it, I was muted and I didn't even. I'm a spicy guy for sure. Sorry. Sorry about that. There you that. go. Good. Well, they do have both of them here. I'll throw it up here. First time on the program there. You got the white one trying to get in focus for you on YouTube. And you also have the red. Bam, right here. Yeah, Love them red. both. Dude, they're absolutely delicious. I tried both of them before we went on here today. Once again, Bomb Banana. Shouts out to our good friends over there. Find them on Instagram as well. Great follow there. They just had National Banana Day was yesterday, which is kind of fun. Uh, and they just had their one-year anniversary as well. Once again, Bomb Banana, SeekTheSpice.com, TCK at checkout for 10% off. All right, Jonathan, we've got a handful of names left here. We'll just bust these out and we'll get out of here. Now, I'm just going to throw a bunch of names at you, and I want you to kind of cherry pick whoever you would like to talk. So we've talked about the big five quarterbacks profiles coming in here. We've got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. Let's also kind of cherry pick through any number of Davis Mills out of Stanford, Kyle Trask, Florida, Jamie Newman, Georgia, Kellen Mond, Texas A&M, Felipe Franks, Arkansas. And then we have a, a number of other names, Sam Ellinger out of Texas, KJ Costello, Mississippi State, Ian Book, Notre Dame. There's a handful of other names as well. So Jonathan, maybe one or two of those guys that you're interested in, in deeper formats and you're, you're thinking could potentially maybe not start right away for the NFL, but certainly uh, be a quality backup option if necessary for an NFL team. Everybody's going to talk about how Kyle Trask is going to be like a slept on quarterback in this draft. Go look at the beginning of last this last season where he was a Heisman contender for the first six games. Um, he was throwing touchdowns at a historic rate, yada, yada, yada. Um, Kyle Trask reminds me of Taj Boyd. And I think that he's going to go to the NFL. Um, you know, Taj Boyd had a lot of hype back in 2013 surrounding his Clemson, his three years starting at Clemson. Really good quarterback, but he was really a caveat of the system. I think that um, what, what Sweeney had in place during the – I think it, it was in his first year, but one of his first seasons. Um, and it just it clicked with Boyd. And that's how they've been searching for their quarterbacks in Clemson six, since. And I think that um, that is sort of the same situation with Kyle Trask in Florida. I think that he's a product of a really good offense. Um, and look, there, he has tangibles that are going to translate. He's going to be fine. But I don't think he's going to be a deep stash like everybody's saying that he will be. Uh, Davis Mills is probably the sixth guy off the board after the top five. He might even go ahead of one of these guys, um, not Fields, uh, Wilson, or Lawrence, but maybe uh, Lance or Jones, but probably not. You never know. You never know. Ryan seems to think that Mills could go in the first round. I don't know why a team would. He's getting some late hype, though, down yeah. the stretch here, man. He is definitely coming up. I've heard Chicago I, be on I the list for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was taken – like in the 50s, like Washington football team, I think would be a great place for Mills to go, right? A team that is stashed with like like starting potential quarterbacks who are all wildly mediocre for the most part, like Kyle Allen sort of busted out onto the scene just because of his, I think his story is really what makes him such an attractive quarterback, right? XFL quarterback, great college career, so sort of overlooked and now he's getting a shot. But I think 
at the end of the day, I don't think Kyle Allen is the future of the Washington football team. Um, and they, they need somebody on. And I think Davis Mills ends up being a guy that they could put out there in a quarterback comp, uh, competition. Limited yeah. tape on him at Stanford. Um, but, man, when he played last year, was he incredible to watch. And that's a team that has not been very good with tight ends and wide receivers. Like, he had J.J. Arcega-Whiteside for two games two years ago when KJ Costello went out, and that was it, right? And so I, I think that he's made the most of a really tough situation in Stanford. Really smart guy. Um, and I think that, you know, in deep, deep leagues, like dynasty 14-teamers, um, even a 12-team if you're doing like quarterback, uh, dual quarterback or super, super flex, Davis Mills is a guy to look at. Um, I, I People say Kellen Mond, you know, he's going to be an option. Jamie Newman is probably going to be an option. Felipe Franks is going to be like the poor man's um, – like Justin, like the dude's six six. Like the guy is the guy's big. He's a big boy. Like he's gonna he's gonna get same off size as Lawrence. Same size as Lawrence. Same size as Herbert. I think Burrow's six five. They're all in the same. Um, but Frank's. I mean, he's had a crazy career as well, going from UCF to Arkansas. And uh, they played real. That was the best season in Arkansas football in quite some time last year. Um, that was thanks to Felipe Franks. But Shane Bouchel, I think, is the guy to watch. Right, this guy was a four star in Texas. Went to Texas. Transferred to SMU. Um, he's had some great bouts with Brady White out of Memphis, and they I think they split one to one the the series between the two. Brady White lost in 2020 at Memphis um, against SMU, and then they won in 2019. But Shane Bouchelle has been fantastic. Um, Pro ready quarterback, a little bit undersized as a pocket passer at six one, but he is um, underrated as, as with his maneuverability. He can get out of pocket, um, and he's somebody with a big arm at six one. Really fun to watch. Um, and I think that he, of, of like the back nine, like you look at guys like Sam Ellinger, KJ Costello, which ironically, Bouchelle lost to Ellinger right at Texas and transferred to SMU. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a chance that Bouchelle gets drafted ahead of Ellinger. Um, Costello's fine, got injured, uh, massive, in, uh, touched on interception ratio his last season at Mississippi state. Ian book was underwhelming in Notre Dame. He had a pretty good season last year. Um, but nothing special, uh, out of out of South Bend. Um, and the rest is is sort of, you know, pick your, pick your poison. See, you know, take a shot with a guy like Brady Davis at Illinois State, who was fantastic, but he went to an FCS school, right? He's not Trey Lance. Um, but but really the, the two that stand out to me are Shane Bouchelle um, and Davis Mills. I love that call. I know that Ryan's really high on Davis Mills on uh, the Ryan D. Leaf show, which again, shouts out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1230 to 1.30 p.m., Pacific Standard Time on YouTube live. Join Jonathan, myself, and the one and only Ryan Leaf with our boy Charlie Moss, of course, as well. Um, we just did a uh, each week we do a rookie QB spotlight. This week we yesterday, as we're recording this Wednesday, uh, we just happened to do uh, Davis Mills and Ryan breaks him down from you know obviously a former you know, high level college quarterback, former pick in the NFL draft, what NFL scouts are looking for. Ryan breaks down Davis Mills and a number of these other quarterbacks. So go check those out on our YouTube page over at Ryan D leaf for a further breakdown um, there. I think you covered those two guys really quick, uh, quick note on Kyle Trask. He broke the Florida single season touchdown record with 43, um, which I thought was interesting because Tim Tebow is really, what you talk about uh, as far as, I mean, unless, you know, Danny Cannell way back in the day for the OGs, but you talk about Tim Tebow and everything that he did under urban Meyer for those two years in Florida. And uh, Kyle Trask technically had a better touchdown um, season than him. My biggest con not concern, but 
something to look forward is that Kadarius Tony, who we'll talk about in the wide receiver episode, and of course Kyle Trask or Kyle Trask, excuse me, Kyle Pitts, um, who is a lot of big time scouts number two overall prospect in this entire draft class behind Trevor Lawrence only are both going to be first round picks. And Kyle Trask had both of those guys to throw to. So just again, having that competition and, and having those, those talents around you it definitely help. In, in college here, Sky, and I think that people need to recognize this because when you're looking at it from a value perspective in fantasy, like in college, a great quarterback can make a team better, but great wide receivers, a great line, a great running back can make a quarterback better. In, in, in NFL, it's very different. Like we talk about it all the time. Who do you pay? The guys who protect the quarterback, the quarterback and the guy who's on the team who go after the other team's quarterback. Because the quarterback is the most important piece to winning a football game. In college, though, you could be a mediocre quarterback. You could be a, or you could be a guy who just go get one of your skill players the ball and they could be a difference maker uh, every single game. And I think at USC, um, Keaton Slovis, who we're going to hear about now as a potential Heisman candidate, who we're going to hear as a potential you know, top five pick in next year's NFL draft, maybe top 10 at the quarterback position. I don't think he's going to go that high. But when you look at USC, why was Slovis so good his freshman season when he came in for JT Daniels? Because he had the most talented wide receiving core in the country in Tyler Vaughn's and Drake London and in um, – What's his name? You know, the the guy with all the last names. His brother's on the Packers. You're muted, but... Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Thank you, Amon Ross St. Brown. It's been quite some time. Um, so, right, that's a situation where at USC, Keaton Slovis' play... That, this guy, all he needed to do was get protection in the pocket and find one of his receivers. And that was the systematic... And that they, they built the air raid around that. And that made... Slovis better. And now Slovis is going to be a better quarterback because of the players around him in college. In the NFL, that rarely happens. Like Randy Moss yep. is a game changer. Adrian sure. Peterson was a game changer. Derrick Henry might be a game changer. Like there are guys that like obviously DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, when he's not injured and they can protect Matt Ryan. Like there are guys like that. Um, but it's so much few and far between in the NFL than it is in college. So it's important for people to to recognize that. So for in case of Kyle Trask, like you just mentioned he, there are going to be two guys on his team that are drafted ahead of him yeah. when he was the quarterback on that team. And again, Kyle Pitts is probably the biggest reason why Kyle Trask had half of the touchdowns that he had this season. So, yeah, I, I agree. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at is that I like, I like him as a quarterback and he did well in college, but something to be careful of moving to the pros. And again, needs to land on in a good, in a good spot. Um, my, my deeper name here that I want to just kind of put a pin in and we'll get out of here um, is Kellen Mond, uh, Texas A&M. Um, he surpassed Johnny Manziel and say what you want about Johnny Manziel and the pros after the NFL. We all know about that. But if you think about him in college football, absolutely dominant. He passed Johnny Manziel in every single statistical category. Um, at uh, Texas A&M and is one of three SEC quarterbacks to throw for over 9,000 yards and rush for 1,500 in his career. The other two to accomplish that were Tim Tebow and Dak Prescott, obviously both two dominant quarterbacks. Um, Kellen Mond also plays in the SEC. He also plays against, you know, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Florida, all these incredible pro-style defenses and was getting it done. Didn't go to one of the bigger schools. I saw an interview with him on Chris Sims and just got some of his backstory. 
Uh, just a great kid. Seems like he's got a great mindset, very motivated for the game of football, very confident. I think he is going to surprise at the next level. Dak Prescott was not on everybody's radar when he went to the Cowboys. He got an opportunity in preseason. We got a glimpse, and then he ends up going uh, after the rookie of the year there um, and has been absolutely phenomenal outside of his injury, of course, this season. So Kellen Mond is my guy late in the draft, you know, day two, day three even potentially. We'll see what happens. Should fall on a team that needs a backup. Again, the Steelers would be fantastic for him to sit a season and then come in next year, guns ablazing with all sorts of talent around him. Keep an eye on Kellen Mond uh, and where he falls. I think he could really surprise at, without being on the big radar on uh, this draft weekend. Okay, Jonathan, that's the quarterbacks, man. We've got running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends to get through as well. We're going to get out of here. Before we go, man, please let everybody know where we can find all of your content and everything that you're doing. Yeah, man, I'm all over the place. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific time. You can catch me on the RDL show with – uh, your wonderful host, Sky Guasco. I am also um, calling sports all across the San Diego area. Um, you can catch me on uh, San Diego Sports on YouTube is our live stream account. Um, I'm on the San Diego section page. I'm doing live hits all over Southern California for Myriad College and, and high school as well. So, um, you know, follow me on Twitter. I'm always posting what I'm up to and uh, feel free to, to join me for the ride. It's a lot of fun. Something that's really fun, listeners, Jonathan always posts his live streams after the fact. He called a walk-off grand slam a couple of weeks ago, and he chopped that little 30-second clip up. Uh, you can stream in on some of his games. Dude's an absolute pro. It's a pleasure to work with him. Good friend of mine. Follow him on Twitter once again at his name, Jonathan Rifkin. Jonathan, last name R-I-F-K-I-N-D, if you're on podcast. Make sure to follow Follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at my G-U-A-S-C-O. You can follow TCK on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod. We're on TikTok and Facebook as well. Just search TCK pod anywhere you can, and you will come across us. If you're on the podcast, please leave a review and a rating. We much appreciate that. And if you're on YouTube, let a comment down here. Make sure to subscribe and give a like, but also let us know which of these quarterbacks outside of the top five you are most excited about and maybe the top five quarterback that you think might not pan out for whatever reason, landing spot, personnel, ability, whatever it is, let us know in the comments right here. It's an absolute pleasure. Episode 380 in the books. My man, Jonathan Rifkin, will be back for a number of episodes. We will get out of here once again, listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. For my man, Jonathan Rifkin, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.